Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Synagogue. Somebody say teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From where has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, uh, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and, not, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but, is in, but in his own country, and among his own kin, in his own house. And he could there do no mighty works. Notice this. He could there do no mighty works. It's not that he would not, or could, uh, but he could not. Somebody say he could not. He could not do uh, any mighty works there. Uh, except he, he laid hands on upon a few people, a few folks, and healed them, you know, small things like headaches and whatever. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. And when he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two, he gave them power, somebody say he gave them power, over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should not take nothing, uh, for their journey, save a staff only, uh, no script, no bread, no money in their purse. And he saw, and be, but be shod with the sandals and put on two, co and, and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, In what place that you enter a house, there abide uh, and, uh, until you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when you depart there, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that man should repent. And verse 13 is very uh, key, and also verse 6. And they cast out many devils, anointed with what? Uh, with oil. Somebody say anointed with oil. Many that were sick and healed them. Now let's go to verse 6 one more time. And he marveled uh, because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. And the reason uh, I had you to say uh, 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 welcome to Kingsgate Training Center is because... Uh, God's people have to be trained, right? Uh, if you're trained, just in any profession, you have to be trained. And if you are trained, you will retain the information. Say that with me. Uh, retain. You, you retain the information. And then if, it, if you retain it, it's going to function for you. The reason it's not working for a lot of people in whatever they do, number one, they're not trained. And then number two, because they're not trained, they don't retain it. And if you don't retain it, it will not work for you. Does everybody understand that? So when we look at the Bible, we know that it is the source of reliable information. In other words, people have their opinions. Everybody has an opinion. I have an opinion. 
right? You have one. But our opinions mean very little. What uh, the opinion that really counts is what God says. So the reason uh, we have to understand that is because what God says is going to work in your life. But if, it's, if you're not trained, then you're not going to retain this information, and then uh, it's not going to function for you. Now, when we talk about retaining information, it has to become second nature to you. Say that, second nature. In other words, uh, the way of doing things has to be so ingrained in you that you move and do things instinctively. Does everybody understand that? So when you're trained, then it becomes instinctive to you uh, because these things are so ingrained. They're cemented in your life. Now, unknowing to me, uh, and I was a young, uh, just a young man, 19 years of age, when I was inducted in the Army during the Vietnam War, and then I went to Vietnam. Uh, unknowing to me, the, uh, during my, I don't know if they really uh, are that forceful today in the Army, but they were preparing us for the war zone. So uh, unknowing to me during that time and that training, uh, it, was, uh, it was really God's principles, uh, unknowing to me. The, the training principles in the U.S. Army during that time uh, were God's principles. I found that out later. I was reading the Bible. I said, wow, it's just a carryover of what I was trained. So when, it was, when I was trained, it was ingrained in me uh, so that my whole life, you know, uh, uh, it became instinctive to me. Uh, things like uh, my clothes, you know, my room, you know, my house, my yard. And, you know, this might sound crude, but it was ingrained in me. I remember uh, a drill sergeant saying, if your shoes are dirty, your underwear is dirty, you know? So I said, I don't know if that's true, but, but not for everybody, but I said, wow. I said, I got to make sure my shoes are clean, you know? So uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? So uh, it's, uh, it's that uh, training that is so ingrained in you. And I'm not talking about your work boots, right? I'm talking about your everyday clothes and and uh, uh, your everyday life, right? You have to be trained. Somebody said we have to be trained. If you're trained, once again, you're going to retain the information. And if you re retain the information, especially what we're going to be talking about this morning, if you retain God's information, it will work for you. If it's not retained, if it's just something like... Uh, well, I heard it. It's somewhere in the Bible. Well, it's not going to work for you. It's only when you retain this information. Now, this is, this is a training in the Army, but it's uh, annoying to me once again. Uh, are God's principles, right? The training is the same, and that's why it functions in the Army during that time. I don't know now, but uh, during those days, it, it, it became part of your life. It was second nature to your life. You just instinctively moved and did things uh, because you, you were trained. Does everybody understand that? And it stays with you. If you're trained, it stays with you. So um, <clears throat> these are the training. 
uh, you, you got to see it. Somebody say you got to see it. That's right. So if people are trained, you got to see it, and then you got to hear it, and then you have to say it, and then number four, you have to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Say that with me. You got to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until it's part of you, and then you have to write it. You have to write it, and then uh, you have to do it. So this is a training that will help you retain information. Now, the reason that's so important, in, uh, especially when they're preparing uh, young men for the war zone, is because uh, you can't uh, think about it. It's got to be part of your, it's got to be second nature. It's got to be instinctive to you. Do you understand? Even the weapons that they uh, gave us, uh, we had a, we had to be able to break down that weapon and put it back together in the dark. So you know that you go to a place like Vietnam, they don't have lights. You know, they don't have street lights. They don't have anything in the jungle. So you have to be, if it jams on you, if you don't know how to unjam that thing, you're dead. Everybody understand that? And you're not going to be able to borrow somebody else's weapon unless you kill somebody and take theirs, right? But uh, you have to, it, it has to become second nature to you. So uh, uh, it's very, very important. Now, I'm going to give you an example this morning. In the not-too-distant future, it will become so chaotic, and uh, there will be so much confusion on the federal level. Are you hearing me? That uh, you'll have to figure it out, and you'll have to make it work on a local level. It's going to be chaotic. There's going to be so much, if there's confusion now, it's nothing. It's going to be a lot of confusion. It is going to be very chaotic on the federal level. So you're going to have to figure it out and make it work on the, on the local level. I'm talking about the cities and the counties. You won't be able to put much confidence or trust because the stimulus money is going to run out. Everybody understand that? You can only print so much money until you're broke right? So uh, we're going to need great leaders, and we have to pray for leaders, that they'll be able to function and figure it out on a local level, because it's not going to work. Everybody understand that? So uh, what we read this morning uh, is very, very important, and the Bible tells us in Matthew, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, and if we'll put that in the New Living Translation, if you can, uh, the Bible tells us in that verse 6, he says, and he marveled because of their unbelief, all right? And he went about the villages teaching. Everybody say Jesus went about the villages teaching, all right? Now, I'm going to give you another reference, and this is in Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35, and Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So the ministry of Jesus, everybody listen real carefully because you want it to function in your life. You want your marriage to function, your money to function, uh, your health to function. Very, very important. Now that is going to be very important, especially in that aspect of health because uh, health is going to become precious. 
Everybody understand that? There will be so many sick people around you, and there are, like 2020. So many sick people. People are in bad health. The, uh, health it will become precious and enviable. That when they look upon people that are healthy, uh, they'll look uh, up uh, at them as if they were kings, all right, because of health. But you can have health, and you can be blessed. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. <laughs> praise God. <clears throat> so uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9 says the same thing. When, um, Mark chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus went about what? Uh, teaching. So he... He came to his own town, and he marveled at the unbelief of people, all right? In other words, uh, Jesus is trying to heal, and that's God's great desire, is to bless everybody. Somebody say, God is not a respecter of persons. God wants to bless everybody, and he wants because uh, we're his creation. But God can't force it on you, all right? So he came to his own hometown. Now, this is not a prophet, all right? We're talking about God in the flesh. He's standing before them, and he could not do anything for them. Isn't that sad? Now, Jesus himself is right there, all right? In a few moments, I'm going to show you that the anointing upon Jesus and uh, the measure of, of the gifting or the anointing upon his life is without limits. He's God in the flesh, all right? But he could not, not that he would not, he could not, right? He could not do anything for them, all right? Say, well, why couldn't he? Well, he couldn't. If people are not going to receive it, uh, if I'm offering $100 bills this morning or $1,000 bills, if you say, I don't want it, you can't get it, right? But if you say, I want it, then you're going to receive it. Does everybody understand that? So God made us in his image. We're made in his, uh, his likeness, in his image. We are spirit, soul, and body. And because he made us in his image, we have to choose, and God can't do that for us. So uh, in Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that the ministry of Jesus, say that, the ministry of Jesus was three things. Uh, teaching in this order now, listen, teaching, preaching, and healing. Some people think that Jesus went, just, uh, went, around about, went about uh, the villages just healing everybody. No, uh, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't do it because people weren't going to receive it, all right? So uh, he, he taught them. That's the first thing. That's the ministry of Jesus. He taught them, and he, and he uh, preached to them, and then he healed the sick. Does everybody understand that? So, understanding that, let's establish a great truth this morning, all right? A great truth in that area of health because that's going to be very, very important for you and your family, all right? There are things that are coming. I'm not trying to be negative now. Uh, but there's things that are coming down the pipeline that there will be no cure for. Now, in 2020, not you, but the church as a whole, uh, the church did not glorify God in 2020. They glorified more the mask than they did God. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about the world. The world needs to put one, two, three, four masks on, right? But uh, the believers, I'm talking, not you, but I'm talking at the church as a whole, 
They had more trust in a, in a mass that they did in God. The church did not glorify God. And God is not going to be robbed of his glory. Number two, after this mass deal is not over, people are going to wear that mask forever, it seems like. But uh, uh, now the vaccine, and even in the vaccine among God's people, they didn't glorify God. They're not trusting God. But you know, the Bible cannot lie. Psalms 91.10, the Bible says, no plague will come near our dwelling place or your dwelling place. Give the Lord a great praise of him for that. That's what he said, right? Now, if that's not true, the rest is not true, right? But he said, talking about our house, my house. So on day one, some people say, how can you say that? No, uh, no plagues won't come near your dwelling place. Well, he said it. And if he said, I'm just repeating what God said. So if people want to argue, they can argue with God, right? He said it. And he said in Psalms 23, you like Psalms 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. I shall not want. Even though I walk to the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Everybody believe that. Yeah, God said that, right? So people said, how can you say that? Now, when I say that, no plague, and especially Galatians chapter 3, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. I, I tell people, I'm exempt from that. I am. I'm exempt because God says, I am exempt, right? That's right. We are exempt. Somebody say, we are exempt. So let me establish this truth. Are you listening? You can put, turn your phones off, all right? Please. Uh, long life, long life and health. Somebody say, long life and health. As God's will will never change. Did you get that? He said, same Psalms, 91.16. He said, uh, I will satisfy you with long life. So that's not going to change. Long life and health will not, as God's will, will never change. Does everybody understand that? It will never change. It's already cemented, established, uh, rooted. Now we've got to root it in our, in our hearts and establish that truth that has already been established. Everybody understand that? Matthew 5.18. <clears throat> uh, New Living Translation says, I'll tell you the truth, even until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law uh, will disappear until its purpose is achieved. That's God saying it. The smallest detail of God's law. Then uh, Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means pass, by no means pass away. Wow, ain't that powerful? So in Psalms 91, 16, he says, I will satisfy you with long life, and I will show him my salvation. We've got to establish that. Okay, let's go to Exodus. Because, the reason I'm trying to establish this is because what of, of what Jesus did. Yeah, everybody understand that? Why did he go around teaching? Well, uh, because people are not going to get that. And you have to be trained so that you can retain this information. If you don't retain it, it's not going to work for you, right, even as a child of God. So in two weeks, not this coming week, we continue uh, spiritual warfare training. So uh, after we're through with this training here, we start again in 10 weeks. Guaranteed, when you hit 63 days, uh, these uh, thought patterns begin to break over your life. 
because it's a training. We do this, look, seeing, hearing, and then saying it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat. We're talking about God's principle now. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And then when you write it and then you do it and it's part of your life. Does everybody understand that? It, it's just, it's part of your second nature. So let's look at Exodus 23 now, verse 25 and 26. So shall you serve the Lord. This is not going to change, ever. Never, it's going to change. So you shall serve the Lord. Somebody say, serve the Lord. And he will bless your bread and water. Wow, that's going to be important in the future. And he says, and I will take away sickness from the midst of you. No one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. And I will fulfill the number of your days. In other words, you're not going to die before your time. Lift up your hands and say, I'm not going to die before my time. Come on, say it. I will not die before my time. You got to believe that. You got to know where the scripture's at and, and say exactly what God says until it's part of your life. Say, I will not die. Can you say it? Can you say that? I will not die. Right? That's right. So uh, what did Jesus do? Because retention is the name of the game in anything. It has to be so, uh, so retained in you that it becomes second nature. Does everybody understand that? So what did Jesus do? Because God's great desire is that his people receive, right? It is sad. Now watch this. Everybody look up here. It's sad that a lot of Christians don't have a victorious life. God says this, we're more than conquerors. You know, uh, that's what he said, right? We're more than conquerors. And God's not just flippantly using just phrases or words. He said we're more than conquerors. But sad, not you, but uh, sad that most people are not that. So what did uh, Jesus do? Well, Mark chapter 6, verse 6. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went uh, from village to village. That's the New Living Translation. He went from village to village teaching. Somebody say teaching. That's right. And the reason he taught is because faith comes by Hearing. Somebody says faith comes by hearing. That's right. So he went to his hometown. He couldn't get across. He couldn't do nothing for him. He could not. Can you imagine? He could not do anything. He was God in the flesh. He was there right in front of him and all kinds of sick people, people with all kinds of diseases, and he could not do anything for him when God's great desire is to touch God's people. Can you say amen? So he could not do anything for them, but uh, the reason he taught them is because faith comes by hearing. Somebody say, faith comes by hearing. Remember uh, 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 Romans 10, 17? That's what, uh, what it says. Now, the reason faith is so important is because you can't please God. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Uh, the Bible says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. Not only can you not please God without faith, you got to hear it. Got to hear it. Somebody say you got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. Uh, you can't be saved without faith. Some of you think it's just going to fall on you. It's not. You got to believe. Now, the Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't live uh, for God without faith. Romans 1, 17. 
For in righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he said, for we walk by faith. You can't walk the Christian life unless you do by faith. So faith is important. Somebody says faith important. In other words, you're dead in the water, man, if you don't have faith. But the wonderful thing about this is that you can grow in faith. We all start at the same place. I'm talking about believers now. Listen real carefully. When you accept Jesus, everybody starts on the same level. Because the same measure of faith was given to everybody. Now, why are there such great disparities, uh, disparities among pe God's people? Is because some people developed it. Right? We're all born with the same muscles, right? Biceps and triceps. Right? Some have bigger biceps and triceps, right? But everybody has biceps and triceps, right? But why? Because somebody developed theirs. Other people didn't want to develop theirs, right? And some are flabby. Not you, but there's people, right? That's right. But thank God that uh, you're growing. Praise the Lord. So let's give the Lord another praise offering for that. Praise God. <clears throat> so... Get this, because here we go. Without faith, you can't be saved. You can't please God. You can't walk with, uh, with God. You can't live for God. You cannot do nothing. But uh, now the fifth point, which is very important, and I'll, I'll because that will tie in with what I'm sharing this morning. You cannot grow without faith. So in 2 Thessalonians 1.3, the Bible says we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Somebody say your faith grows exceedingly. So faith can grow, right? Uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, 1.3, okay? Your faith grows exceedingly. Now listen real carefully. Here we go. I don't want to lose you. If your faith grows, listen, you grow spiritually. Hello, this is very important now. If your faith grows, you grow spiritually. And if you grow spiritually, then God can trust you. And then he will uh, start laying on you uh, his inheritance. Does everybody understand that? Now, we are intelligent people. We know that you're not going to give a child, a 10-year-old boy, the keys to your car. Right? That's right. Now, some perhaps have not understood that. But there are certain things that you don't give children or even young people. You know why you don't give them the keys? Because they're not mature enough uh, to handle the keys of your car. And there, and there, there's some kids you don't give them a thousand dollars either, right? Uh, so uh, the Bible says that this is what faith will do for you. It'll do everything for you, but uh, your faith, when it grows, you will grow spiritually. Lift your hand and say, "I'm going to grow spiritually." Yeah, you're going to grow spiritually. And I said all that to say this: many, listen real carefully, many. Live and die and never enter the first phase of the life that God has for them. 
Many live and die and never enter the first phase of their life. I'm talking about Christian people because, uh, uh, get this now, God has a great plan for you. It's beyond what you've ever imagined. Hello? It's your thoughts that are keeping you where you're at. But uh, God has a plan for you. Look how he describes it, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. In other words, there must be an ever-increasing faith. And if there's an ever-increasing faith, there's going to be an ever-increasing growth in your life. And if there's an ever-increasing growth in your life, there's going to be an ever-increasing receiving from God. Can you say amen? That's right. Does everybody understand that? So, once again, many live, listen real carefully, and die. And that's very sad. Uh, and... They never enter the first phase of their life. Can you imagine your tombstone when, they put, uh, when you die? He never finished. <laughs> That'd be terrible, right? And there's giftings for everybody. But some people are just sitting home and saying, it's going to fall on us. It's going to fall. It's not going to fall on nothing. Does everybody understand that? It's not going to fall on you. You have to grow. In faith, and if you grow in faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God, then you're going to grow spiritually, and then you're going to receive what God has for you. Right? That's right. So uh, this will explain this. Look at Galatians 4.1 in the New Living Translation. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children... Those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Hello? They're not much better. Even though they actually own everything the father had. So if you're intelligent, imagine how intelligent God is. Huh? He's got a superb, awesome, beyond anything you could have imagined inheritance. But he's not going to give it to you because it would harm you. What if I could uh, gave most people here $1 million? Some of you wouldn't even come to church. <laughs> Some of you would leave your wives tomorrow. Say, baby, uh, I'm going to give you 100000 I'm leaving. I got me another chick I've been thinking about. And you know what? I got things to do, places to go, people to see. You would, you would not be able to handle it. I've seen it. In my little short life of 73 years, I've seen people get money. I saw a person right here. He was playing right here in the group. He became a multimillionaire. One year, he made $6 million. But as soon as the money came, he said, I don't have time for God now. And then he started committing adultery. And then got into all kinds of shady things. And all that money, he lost his wife, his children. He lost his health. Uh, he lost everything. He's like a homeless guy now. And then I met some other ones in the past. Multimillionaires lost everything. Okay? Edu educated people. They couldn't handle it. So at different levels, now listen carefully. At this level... That of your growth, that's what God is going to 
give you of his inheritance to you. It's, it's a great inheritance. If you grow to the, this other level, he's going to give you more. And if you go up here, that's why you got to serve God. you got to serve God, and you got to grow. It's not an option. Somebody say, it's not an option. It's not an option. If you don't grow, God's not going to give it to you. Then you'll live a struggling life. You'll struggle day in and day out because you're going to try to force that thing. It's not going to work for you. That's why a lot of Christians are struggling because they were never trained. They, uh, they never retain the information. It's not working for them. And uh, they don't want to put any kind of effort. So God's not going to do that for you. So does everybody understand that uh, it's going, it's, uh, you have to grow? And you can't, you can't just sit around in your house and say, here, just look at the walls. Get up in the morning, day in, day out. You don't do anything. You don't even clean your house. Not you, but there's some people, right? No, you got to move on it. You got to move on and start doing things. And uh, because if you don't, it's not going to be done. But God, he said, the Bible will jump over a million people to get to a person that is, uh, uh, is faithful. His eyes go uh, to and forth, uh, to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those that have a perfect heart. Look what he did with David. Uh, he looked at an obscure young man. Didn't, have, didn't look like anything. But God said, that's my king. That's my king. He, found, he was out there taking care of sheep. God knew that uh, because he was faithful, he said, I can trust this guy. So if God can trust you, he'll move you up. If he can't trust you, he can't hand over nothing. You understand that? He can't. you got to change everything about your life. If, otherwise, he's not going to trust you. So you do it on your own. See where you land in about 15 or 20 years if we have that much time or 30 years. We don't know. But if you really want to get God's blessing and inheritance, you got to grow. You got to grow in your faith. And when you grow exceedingly in your faith, you grow spiritually. And when you grow spiritually, you will receive from the Lord. Can you say amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus, Jesus went about teaching. Everybody say he went about teaching. The reason is because this is what will work. It's a training. He took uh, 12 men, and he trained them. He said, look at it, hear it, and say it. And they repeat it and repeat it because people have hard heads, right? Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. He had probably writing and things down. And then he said, go and do it now. And after three and a half years, this great master, this great teacher, he made some powerful people, can you say amen, that impacted the world, and they're still impacting the world today, can you say amen? So does everybody understand that it's important to teach? Now, listen real carefully, and I'll end with this. Uh, it does not matter uh, how anointed the messenger is. It does not matter. Uh, people have to accept it. And there's no one that has been as anointed uh, as Jesus. Does everybody understand that? Uh, his was without limits. Now look at, don't forget this scripture, John 3, uh, 34, because uh, people think this, Pastor, if Jesus 
was right here, manifested right here uh, in the flesh, I know I would receive my miracle. Really? He was there with them in the flesh. Those people didn't receive it. I remember another, remember the guy that was, uh, they brought on a bed, four men, and they couldn't walk in the place because of the multitude of people? Multitude. They would not let him. So they took the, the sick man, the man that was paralyzed, took him to the roof. And this is what it said about that situation. The power was present to heal them, the whole multitude. But Jesus couldn't heal but that one guy. His, his power was present to heal the people, but nobody, could, nobody got healed except one man. So it doesn't matter how anointed a person is. Was Jesus anointed? Look what it says here, John 3, 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. Oh, that's a good translation. Let's go to New Living Translation. It says, for he is sent by God, he speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. Did you, I read this in the Living Bible, I mean, this is, this is really something. Uh, G, the Bible says in the Living Bible that Jesus made out, he made limbs to grow. People didn't have legs or arms. When he touched them, the limbs actually grew out. Limbs, people didn't have no legs. Legs grew out complete. People didn't have legs. They grew out. They were born like that, or maybe they had an accident, but the legs grew out. Limbs grew out. Uh, Jesus had no limits on him. He could do anything. But isn't it sad? Mark 6, 6, he could not do anything for these people. And God cannot do anything for you if you don't receive it. God cannot receive for you. Does everybody understand that? He cannot receive for you. 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 If you don't receive it, that's it. So how do we receive? Pastor, I've got so much stuff in my brain. It's, it's weird, man. I don't believe nothing. Well, you've got some homework to do. That's right. You got to build faith. The only way to build faith is to get this stuff in you. To get this and repeat it and repeat it. Can you say amen? That's it. And you get it in you and get it in you. And some people say, no, it's just church stuff. And I'm not talking about church stuff, man. When they asked me when I was coming out of the army, I said, you need to go to church. I said, no, that's not for me, man. I don't need no religious people. And they said, you need to read the Bible. I said, I'm not going to read no religious book or any kind of stuff. I didn't know that this was the, uh, the creator's manual. When I understood that, and then I said, no, I'm going to get into this book. That's a creator's manual. And it's a how-to manual. I'm going to get into this, and I'm going up. Amen. And I went up. Praise God. Can you say amen? Now you have to do the same thing. But God will not receive for you. And another thing is, uh, nobody can receive for you either. Not your wife, not your husband, not the pastor, not anybody can receive for you. If you don't receive it, you didn't receive it.
but at different levels uh, in your life, there awaits uh, the inheritance of God. If If you get stuck on level two for the rest of your Christian life, that's, you're not going to receive anything but level two. That's it. I don't care. You say, yeah, I've been in church, Pastor, 30 years. It don't matter. My mom's a Christian and my, everybody's a Christian. It don't matter. It don't matter. You better grow. You got to grow in faith. Somebody say grow in faith. Second Thessalonians 1, 3. You got to grow that your faith groweth exceedingly. When your faith grows, you will grow spiritually, and then you will receive your inheritance. Can you say amen? But some people, some people live and die and never receive God's best for their life. Never. They missed out on life. But you don't have to miss out because you can get with it today. And you can get on uh, with it and say, I'm going to be trained. Just like uh, during my time you were trained in the Army, you were trained. You are trained. And you were trained and you were trained and it became part of your life. Can you say amen? So now though that training uh, is, is stayed with me. Everything I do, the way I think, the way I move, the way I organize my desk, <laughs> everything, it's, it's part of my training. So you have to be trained. And if you're not trained... You, you're in trouble. So let's start t- today. That's why Jesus went about where? From village to village. What did he do? Teaching. Somebody say teaching, 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 teaching. He said, this is not going to work. Uh, I'm here to uh, lay hands on the people. It's not working. It's not working. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start teaching these people, teaching, teaching people, teaching, teaching, preaching, and then healing the sick. And then when he did that, he'd go to another town and teach them, and they'd all receive. But in that town, didn't receive anything. So uh, thank God that this is going to be a great year for you. Somebody says it's going to be a great year for me. Come on, let's stand up and let's lift up our hand and declare Jesus is Lord. This morning, just lift up your head and say, I declare Jesus. Come on, say it. I declare Jesus is Lord. Come on, say it. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. God can't do it for you. Raise your hand, and God's about to do it for you. I'm going to pray for you right now uh, uh, for your health. I want you to declare this uh, this morning and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Of my life. Of my life. Yes, I command this thing to leave you, and I declare that you're going to receive that. In Jesus' name. And you'll be totally and completely healed. And you're going to glorify God in your life. Uh, Your life is not going to change. And you're going to see it improve. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say, Jesus is Lord. Say it again. Jesus is Lord of my life. Say it again. Jesus is Lord of my life. And Father, from this day forward, I'm going to serve you. Say, I'm going to serve you. Say it. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. And I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I'm going to serve Jesus, my Lord. And I thank you, Father. Now heal my body. And Father, uh, change my life as I grow spiritually. And I give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Father. Just lift up your hands and begin to thank him. 
And I'm going to say something to you. You parents, you better train your children. 